your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. Bills Mafia, what's going on? Happy holidays, happy new year. Hope everybody had a good Christmas, Kwanzaa, uh, whatever you may celebrate, uh, Hanukkah. And uh, we are in the final, final, final stretch run of the NFL season. Hard to believe. Mike Lindsley with you here on the Pandemonium Podcast. On the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network, make sure you follow, subscribe, download, rate, review all of our shows. We've got the audio, we got the video, we got the content up on uh, builtinbuffalonews.com as well. So uh, we're gearing up uh, big time for the postseason here as the Bills are now the AFC East champions for the third straight season. I'm going to recap in this episode. It's just me, no guests. Uh, I'm going to recap the win over the Bears, and then we're going to look ahead to Monday Night Football with a huge showdown, the showdown of the year for the Buffalo Bills, and that's saying something considering some of the teams that they played and beat in the beginning of the season. Some of those teams we didn't realize were going to take a full full on nosedive, right? But uh, this Bills team now playing a red-hot Bengal team on Monday night. We'll get to that game here in a minute, but first, the Bills beat the Bears. Let's get into that Christmas Eve uh, game uh, out there in those brutal conditions. And honestly, stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills got off to a slow start. Their defense was absolutely brutal on the opening drive. The Bills had to make adjustments. The Bills made a ton of penalties and, and some unforced errors and some turnovers against an inferior team. And then the Bills got a drive that they needed. The Bills were back into the game. Uh, you know, And then they took a, a commanding, pretty much a stranglehold on the game, I thought, Uh, as this one went on, and Josh Allen played like a C game at best, and Josh Allen was still great in in, in spots, but those two picks, they were awful picks, but again, if you get bad Josh Allen and you win, that's a win, and I know that there's a lot of people out there who want to play college football here, and you know, they they want the style points. I I got news for you. In December and in January, Sometimes it's not about style points. It's about being on the right side of the scoreboard, right? It's about being in the win column and not in the loss column. And look, the Bills, yeah, they've played and won some ugly games. There's no doubt, you know? Um, but even when the Bears were in the lead in this game, I never felt that it was in danger for the Bills. The Bills had to come back against the Dolphins. Okay, they win another close game. They had to gut one out against the Jets. Okay, uh, dominant performance. I think the last dominant, truly dominant performance, albeit you know, only a two touchdown win was at New England uh, a few weeks back for sure. But they had to gut out the Lion game on Thanksgiving. They had to play Cleveland and Detroit after the snowstorm and all that. I mean, they played two games in five days in Detroit and three games in 12 days overall. Um, You know, and and all this goes back to the Vikings loss at home. I mean, this team has won six games in a row. However you slice it, they've won six games in a row. And they could have easily and should have won the Jets game on the road and the Vikings as well, which means if they had those two wins, this Monday night against the Bengals probably wouldn't matter because the Bills would only have one loss at Miami at the beginning of the year. But, hey, all bets are off. They've lost the games they've lost. We knew going into the year that it was going to be exactly like this. For as much AFC talk as there was of, oh, the conference is great, and watch out for Russell Wilson in Denver, which they just fired Nathaniel Hackett, so that experiment is basically done, and they're stuck with a contract, and they've given up the draft picks. The Broncos are screwed, to say the least. Um, you know, Chargers are in the playoffs, but how much of a threat are the Chargers with Brandon Staley as head coach? The Raiders had completely flopped. Totally predictable that the Chiefs would win that division. I was curious to know in the AFC North, would the Bengals have a, a Super Bowl hangover 
and miss the postseason or even make the playoffs and then just get bounced out early because it's just so hard to get back. Well, right now they look like a team that could get back to the Super Bowl. I mean, when you look at Joe Burrow and Joe Cool and all that, uh, they look that way. But we knew we knew that it was going to be, if it wasn't going to be them, maybe it'd be the Ravens, right? Maybe it'd be Miami. Maybe, you know, there, there's going to be that third team that's a power team somehow, some way. And that team is a defending AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bills and the Chiefs. If the Super Bowl doesn't go through, um, you know, one of those places, if one of those teams doesn't end up in the Super Bowl in the AFC, I'm actually going to be floored. I really am at this particular point because I think those three teams are so much better than everybody else. The Jaguars, the Titans. I know there's a lot of people who say, oh, you know, I wouldn't want to face the Jaguars in the playoffs. Uh, okay, I would. I'm not worried about the Jaguars. If, I, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm worried about the Chiefs. I'm worried about the Bengals. And really, maybe a small concern for the Ravens because of how physical they are. But look, if Lamar's not healthy and the defense is slipping, the Ravens are nothing, right? Wouldn't worry about the Chargers. they got to fly cross-country and play in the terrible weather. Uh, you know, So there, there are a lot of things going on to, that, you know, that, that favor those three teams you know, that I mentioned. Um this Bears game, though, real quick, it was 10-6 to 6 at the half. And you just kind of sat there and said, boy, the Bills just don't look like they have it. They're out of sorts. Fans are going crazy. I don't even really get on Twitter much during the games because I just can't deal with it anymore. It's also better for my mental health. 10-6 um, to 6 with the Santos field goal at the end of the first half. And then you knew the Bills were getting the ball back. And you knew that they squandered some opportunities. You knew that, yeah, sure, they had that one drive, six plays, 71 yards, and 319. But it was capped off by a terrible missed extra point by Tyler Bass. So you're like, man, this team just makes so many mistakes. The turnovers and the penalties and the BS. And there, there was more of that later on in the game as well, right? I mean, Allen throws two picks, Gabe Davis fumbles. Naheem Hines had a rough day at times. So, um, you know, he, he bobbled that, that kickoff there for the what one yard line, I think, and, and had to scramble back and, um, just a lot, a lot of penalties, a lot of bad situational holds and all the rest. And, and some of them weren't penalties, I guess too, but man, what a really hard, hard fought game in that first half to the point where you said, okay, the bills just played basically D plus football, right? C minus at best as a team overall. If they can just get that one drive, well, they dominated the third quarter. They got two drives, eight plays, 86 yards, 409, capped off by Devin Singletary, who was fantastic with a 33-yard run. The two-point conversion is good in the back of the end zone to Khalil Shakir, 14-10. to 10. And then the Bills' defense, right after that first half, the Bills really only allowed three more points the rest of the way to the Chicago Bears. I mean, that defense clamped down. They shut down Justin Fields. They shut down the run game. They filled a lot of the gaps in the lanes and all that that they were missing in the first half. There were a few plays where Fields could roll out, and he had open players all over the place because the Bills were so scared that he was going to run. Well, Frazier it made all the adjustments. The, the defensive line was unbelievable. Epinesa was all over the place. Uh, Rousseau continues to be great. Matt Milano's a monster. Edmonds is a monster. Poyer's a monster. They had a lot of those tackling machines for sure. And, and, and look, I am very nervous about this Bills secondary on Monday night against Cincinnati. I'm very nervous about this secondary in the postseason. I think that is absolutely their number one uh, weakness. I think it was going into this year. Everybody knew it. Um, you know, relying on Benford and Elam and some rookies and, and a developing Dane Jackson. Uh, I think when you look at this secondary now with Trey White back, 
he isn't even close to 100%, not just from a physical standpoint, but really from a football IQ standpoint. He's just not there. And he got burned on some plays. You know, everybody's like wanting the Trey White interception. Like, oh, that pick, that pick's going to come or that pick six going to come. Listen, I just want him to cover people <laughs> at this particular point because the secondary is so weak. Um, you know, and, and I think that, and then the interior of the offensive line for sure. Uh, Brandon Bean is a phenomenal GM. He really is. But the one big weakness he's had in the last couple of years, and look, he hasn't missed on many, right? He missed on Tyler Croft. He missed on, you know, whether it's free agency or the draft, he missed on Cody Ford, right? I mean, he's missed on a few guys here and there, but not many, right? Not many. And there are a lot of players who right now haven't reached their full potential yet. And I'm convinced that they will because we've seen it in the past, like the DeMar Hamlins, and he's had a really good year. He's been great at tackling. He's learned the zone coverage. I'm not worried about Hamlin, but he's still in, you know, developing into the player they think he can be. Um, Benford had the injury, same goes for him. Kyrie Elam, he's kind of hit and miss. He's kind of a roller coaster. He's physical. Uh, he, he wants to get in there, but he's, he's been more of a man player, man-to-man in college. And as we know, the Bills play a lot more zone. Um, so you know they've mixed and matched. They've gotten him in there in some different places. They've rotated some people around. Um, but the secondary is really weak, and the offensive line, despite the fact that Bean has been a great, great uh, GM overall, um, you know, that offensive line just does not have a ton of depth. I mean, when you look at what they've had to do here, when Morse misses time, they got to slide Bates in, you got to get Greg Van Roten in there. Ike Bucker just finally got back into playing shape and all the rest from, from the injured reserve. Spencer Brown's been a complete roller coaster. Roger Saffle's been horrendous. And Deion Dawkins has been really a, a mainstay. I and mean, it seems like if it's not Dawkins and Morse, although I, I will say Ryan Bates has played fairly well this year at right guard and stepped in overall very nicely at center, and Josh Allen trusts him with his life. So, um, you know, Bates, Bates, I would I would probably plug the, you know him right in after Morse and Dawkins as being just terrific, terrific uh, offensive linemen. But again, that's three of the five in the other two spots, whether it's been injury or lack of production, uh, the Bills need to go get some linemen in this draft upcoming. I mean, I'm telling you, they've got to get it. they got to get it going on, man. So the Bills, anyway, back to this Bears game. Uh, with about eh, just under eight minutes to go, the Bills cap off a three-play, 35-yard drive uh, in 47 seconds with a James Cook 27-yard run, and it was 21-10. to The Bears got a field goal. It was an eight-point game. You're kind of sitting there in the fourth quarter like, hey, no screwing around here because it's a one-possession game. But by the same token, I just didn't feel like the Bears were in any position to come back in this football game. Even when they were down eight, had a chance, you know, one break here, one break there. Maybe you can get a touchdown, a two-pointer, you tie. But I still trusted Josh Allen with the football if that were going to be the case. And the Bills held firm, right? And, and, and just over and over again in that fourth quarter, the Bears could not get the key third downs. Uh, the Bears, you know, they were down two guards. They were down two wide receivers. They were down their starting corner and Jalen Johnson, who's a fantastic player. They were down a ton of guys and still were, you know, eight points, you know, from the Bills uh, early in the fourth quarter. But again, it felt like probably double digits, if not more. And then once the Bills got the ball, they were up 21-13, and it was simply just an eight-play, 56-yard, 336 drive where the Bills were unstoppable at this particular point. And then 28-13, they get the ball back, and then an insurance, excuse me, touchdown drive on a short field, four plays, 20 yards, 106. Dawson Knox getting in the act with a 13-yard pass from Josh Allen. Tyler Bass kick, 35-13. 
the Bills win. The absolute best things, I'm going to give you the best and worst of this game. The best is that Josh Allen did not play a, a great game. We got we got some elite Josh in parts, but he was awful on the other half of it. But the Bills won the game by 22 points with arguably the best player in the NFL playing a B-C game. That's the reality of it. Another best would be the rushing attack. My God. I mean, Devin Singletary, 12 carries, 106 for a touchdown. James Cook, 11 for 99 and a touchdown. Josh Allen, 6 for 41 and a touchdown. Unbelievable stuff. They go for 254 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Uh, one carry for McKenzie, one carry for Hines. They didn't get much on those. And then I, I think it's really important that as Stephon Diggs, and I know that there's a lot of people who are really worried about the Allen to Diggs connection and Dorsey and not connecting with him and all that. I'm not one of those people. Um, you know, I think that some teams are taking Stephon Diggs out, and I think they're mixing and matching and forcing other people to beat you. Um, and the Bills are beating people with other people, right? I mean, Gabe Davis, although he had a rough game with a fumble and all that, uh, and drops and, and just not, you know, not getting to the sideline. There was a play that Davis really screwed up. If he had just come back to the ball in the end zone and made some kind of an effort, he probably would have gotten a PI call, which I think Josh Allen was really looking for. That's why he threw that football. But Gabe Davis made zero effort on that on that ball. And so <laughs> you're not going anywhere in that situation. If you're if you're Gabe Davis and you're the Bills, you got to put a little effort into it, man. It's week 16 and you're, you know, trying to get the one seed in the AFC, for God's sakes. Like, please make a play on the ball. Uh, he didn't do that. So overall, a tough game. But again, three catches, 45 yards. He did have the one touchdown. So th there's some good and there's some bad. Uh, with the bad that happens, like with Allen and Davis and some others, you know, lack of targets for Diggs. A guy like Dawson Knox. I mean, Dawson Knox has really turned it up. Now, look, three catches for 38 yards and a touchdown. That is not Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, uh, you know, type of a stat line. However, Dawson Knox brings a lot more to the table than just catching the football. He is a tremendous blocker in the run game. He's a tremendous blocker in the pass game. And he is starting to catch fire. He's becoming a big-time target in the red zone. So that was fantastic uh, to see as well. Uh, that he's a big-time threat. Now, the Bills' defense had two sacks in this game. One went to A.J. Epinesa, and one went to Ed Oliver. And I thought that defensively, I thought Edmonds, Milano, Hamlin, uh, Oliver, Shaq Lawson, Epinesa, Daquan Jones continues to play well. I thought all of those, Jordan Poyer, I thought all of those guys were really, really great. It wasn't a huge tackling game for some of the uh, you know, main staples. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds got his nine and five solo, but it wasn't, you know, there weren't 11 and 12 and 13 and 15 tackles by any guys. Uh, it was just kind of a collective effort. Again, it was a placement game for me defensively for the Bills when they adjusted to Justin Fields and they adjusted, um, you know, to that to that entire pass game. And then the Bears were kind of trying to run it and, and all that. And really, they only got 80 yards on the ground. That's the number one rushing attack in all the NFL and Justin Fields only had 11 yards on seven carries, and he was non-existent in the past game. It was just a matter of the Bills taking a stranglehold to this game and taking care of business. But listen, when you've got uh, Vilas Jones Jr., Byron Pringle, Cole Komet as your top three guys, and you can't stretch the field, and you get down in games, you know, that's the thing, man. When you have a piss-poor offense and you get down in the NFL, mm, mm, that is hard to come back from. Holy cow. And the Bears just couldn't do it, man. They couldn't stretch the field. That's the bottom line. And then they tried to run, trick the Bills. They got stuff there. Justin Fields couldn't get out in space. The Bills were were spying and filling in gaps and in lanes. And just a great adjustment game by Leslie Frazier's defense 
uh, yet again. So the Bills had three fumbles. They lost one of them. Um, and let me see. One, two. Oh, I, I know. They actually, hang, yeah, they fumbled three times. They recovered two of them. And then, um, and then Tim Settle uh, recovered the fumble that the Bears had, um, which was just a, a tremendous strip. And um, I, was, I think it was Jaquan Johnson, actually, who, who had stripped it. And then Tim Settle pounced on it. Um, but those were some of the takeaways that I had for this game. Uh, Tyler Bass was obviously rough. Uh, takeaways on the, on the best side, that is. The worst side would be the mistakes by the Bills. I mean, Josh Allen's two picks, fumbling the ball all over the place. Tyler Bass was, uh, was inaccurate in this game. I mean, he missed uh, an extra point. He missed a field goal. Uh, he was not good in this game. The offensive line, uh, I thought, really opened up run lanes, but it took them a while to get going. The offensive line continues to be a work in progress, and I'm just hoping that maybe by the start of the playoffs, I mean, maybe this team can get a, a first-round bye and, and get the one seed, and you get that extra week of rest, and you go in with a fully charged offensive line. Deion Dawkins on the left, Saffold on the, on the left, you know, tackle guard respectively, Mitch Morse at center, Ryan Bates at right at right guard, right tackle Spencer Brown. You've got Ike Bucker and some others, Greg Van Roten coming off the bench. Maybe they can get that line intact. Oh, by the way, Nathan Peterman threw an interception in this game, which, I mean, of course he did, right? The former Bill, whew, we all remember that uh, disaster of a game he had out west. But, um, you know, from the worst perspective, I would tell you that, yeah, the mistakes are still troubling. The penalties are still troubling. The turnovers, interceptions, etc., are are troubling. But again, the Bills played overall. You take some good and some bad from Allen. You take some great from the running game. You take some bad from the turnovers. You know everything kind of evens itself out. You take some good from the defense after they adjusted and all the rest. You take some bad from the special teams, but yet some good on some other sides. Winning the short field, getting some things done, and taking a stranglehold of the game. And the Bills played as a whole. As a whole, when you mix in the good, bad, and ugly, probably played about a C game, and they ended up winning by 22 points. Now, I know the Bears are 3-12, and 12, but you won by 22 points with Josh Allen not having uh, a, a good game, much less, you know, screaming for the hills for a great game. So now we march forward to Cincinnati. Um, this is going to be an epic, epic, epic football game. Playoff atmosphere, star power, star-studded quarterbacks and Josh Allen, and, of course, uh, Joe Burrow. The Bengals have really been on fire as well. They've been winning games like the Bills recently. Um, they have, however, looked more dominant, in my opinion, than the Buffalo Bills. They've won seven games in a row since that horrific loss at Cleveland back on Halloween Monday Night Football. They've beaten Carolina 42-21, to 37-30 over the Steelers, 20-16 to on the road at Tennessee, 27-24 they beat the Chiefs at home, huge win. Revenge on the Browns, 23-10. 34-23 at Tampa. 22-18, a nail-biter in Foxborough this past week. But for the most part, they've looked really, really, really good and really, really dominant. And Joe Burrow right now is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I think it's Burrow and Mahomes and Allen at the top of the list here. Jalen Hurts, I know, was banged up this past week. He's probably in the next deck conversation. Uh, I know for this season, he is having an MVP caliber season but I still wouldn't put him in the category with those three guys, you know, overall, at least so far. I wouldn't even put him in the category of a Justin Herbert, but he's still pretty darn good. And for this year, this year, 
He is an MVP candidate. There's no doubt about it. But Joe Burrow has gone for 4,260 yards. He has 34 touchdowns on the season. And he's got toys to play with. I mean, my goodness. He's got Joe Mixon. He has Perrine. He has had, uh, you know, all your T. Higgins. I know they've had some injuries, you know, here and there with the, with the wide receiver corpse. But, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd has played every game. T. Higgins has played every game. Jamar Chase was out for a bit. Now he's back. Uh, they have really potential here for three 1,000-yard receivers. Uh, Jamar Chase only needs 40, and Tyler Boyd needs 200 in, what is that, quick math, 89 yards. Uh, but those guys have accounted for 20 touchdowns among them. Uh, they are great route runners, amazing footwork, terrific hands. Uh, this is this is going to be a very, very, very tough test for the Buffalo Bills in Cincinnati. Do I think they can win? I do. I'm going to pick them to win 31-30 to uh, with a late field goal and a drive that they need. It looks like some very, very rare, uh, unseasonably warm conditions in this game. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Bills, I think the key in this, there's a couple keys in this game for me. Number one is they've got to try to find a way to limit the big play. Uh, they cannot let Jamar Chase run wild. Higgins, Boyd, those guys can get up on the boundary. They can go across the slot, catch it, and burn you for 25-30. It's just an explosive, explosive offense. Maybe screen plays to the backs. Those can kill you. So the Bills' defense has got to be ready up front and all that. They've got to be able to tackle as well. That's a huge, huge thing. The Bills have been a piss-poor tackling team this year overall, um, so they need to really uh, improve on that. Um, you know, I'm also looking at the offensive line protecting Josh Allen. I mean, Trey Hendrickson has been back here um, for, for a couple of weeks. He's obviously a star defensive end. You put him with, 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 with Hubbard, and they've got just an unbelievably athletic bookend defensive duo in those two guys in terms of um, you know Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. And they've got really good linebackers, right? They got they fly around. I mean, Logan Wilson's had a great year. Uh, Pratt, uh, all these guys, the secondary, they've been terrific. Uh, very athletic, very fast, uh, uh, turnover prone, right? They're opportunistic. So the Bills offensive line is going to have to be really, really, really good. And the Bills cannot turn the ball over and make stupid mistakes because it goes both ways. When you play an inferior team and you have all those mistakes and, and, and idiotic turnovers and just dumb, just so dumbfounded have I been this year at some of this stuff, I think the clock management, I think the game management, I think Sean McDermott's been pretty good. I think he's actually improved quite a bit. In fact, against the Bears, he had that challenge and they won it. Uh, he's been saving timeouts when he needs them. He's been burning them when he needs them. Uh, his game management has improved immensely from last year. Uh, we'll see what it does in the playoffs because, as we know, he cost them uh, in Kansas City. And the Bills probably should have hosted the AFC title game last year, and they probably should have gone and won the Super Bowl, right? I mean, they were the best team in football when 13 seconds happened. But when you fast forward to this, it works the same way. When you turn the ball over and make stupid penalties against inferior opponents, it keeps those teams in the football game. Conversely, when you play a very good, great, or elite team and you turn it over, you're not giving yourselves a, a chance as a good, great, elite team, depending on where you are and, and the matchup against the other team. You're, you're not giving your you know yourself a chance at the win. And the victory because you're constantly playing from behind. You're constantly giving a really good team more chances. They're going to capitalize eventually. So it works the same way. Just it, 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 It's the same concept, just in a different way in terms of having to limit the penalties and limit all the turnovers. Uh, but I'm going to go Bills in this game, 31 to 30. Uh, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for Burrow and Allen. I can't wait for um, 
You know, I can't wait for Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs. I think this could be a very, very important game for Stephon Diggs. If the Bills are going to win uh, this game, they need to get Diggs going. Uh, now that the running game is going, Cincinnati has had to probably game plan for that a lot more than they thought maybe a few weeks ago, right? I mean, the Bills ground game is starting to really come on here, has been coming on for a few weeks. McDermott's been yelling and screaming for complimentary football. Well, guess what, dude? You got it now. I'll take the Bills 31-30 to uh, in this game. Monday night football should be a doozy. And again, if the Bills win, they stay up top of the AFC. They have a tremendous chance at that point to get the number one seed because they host New England next week in the finale. Uh, if the Bills lose, they go down to the third seed, and all of a sudden things become a lot more difficult because I do not see in any way, shape, or form the Kansas City Chiefs losing one of their last two games, and I do not see the Cincinnati Bengals losing uh, to Baltimore either. I mean, I know Baltimore's a tough team, but that's a home game. I, I don't think the Bengals lose that game. So the Bills, they really need to win out. And, you know, if they had won against the Jets, we'd have a totally different, you know, kind of outlook on this thing. Um, the Bills would be two games clear of the Bengals um, at 13-2, and two. And then they could afford to lose this game and then win next week and even still, you know, probably have the tiebreaker against Kansas City as well. But as it is now, this is a must-win situation to try and get that home field and make the playoffs go through Orchard Park. Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. You can get us on all the social platforms. Built in Buffalo underscore on Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook. We're well over 60,000 followers there. So really appreciate the support from the best fan base in professional sports. Bills Mafia, you guys are the best. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. Mike L Sports, and of course, visit us online at builtinbuffalonews.com. That's builtinbuffalonews.com. You can shop the store, you can read the content, great stuff, video, audio, and articles every single day of the week covering your Buffalo Bills. Thanks for listening. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.